visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtowninbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. Hello, Alan. Welcome to the Downtown Den. How's things, mate? I'm not too bad, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. You've just got off the right? Sorry? Are you coping all right? Yeah, we're doing okay. Uh, we're a weekend now, I think, from homework. And so, yeah, we've it's been pretty seamless, to be honest. Keeping in touch regular. You? Yeah, not too bad. So, my... Um, I, I mean, I have an office I work from, but... I, I don't have to be there particularly. My job is twofold, is being out and about meeting people and talking to them and speaking at events and things. And the other one is is referring documents and doing emails. And I can do that. I do that generally from home anyway. So it's it's been a little bit disruptive, but not entirely disruptive. And you've just got off a virtual lunch, have you, with your colleagues? Yeah, we do. So Right, so when they first, when they first said, oh, we're going to have a Zoom meeting every lunch and we'll all meet up, I thought, oh, I, that's just, <laughs> if you'd have said that to me a month ago, I'd have poked you in the eye. I thought, no. But actually, do you know what? It's great. It really, everyone, yeah. there's about, sometimes there's six of us, sometimes about 15 of us, um, and it's, it's completely informal. Everyone just literally has the lunch and has a chat, and it's been really useful for me. I'd recommend, actually. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we've been meeting uh, via Zoom every morning and sort of in the afternoon to keep in touch. And yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's just good to interact, isn't it? And I've spent a lot more time on the phone uh, these, this past week as well. Um, so no, it's been interesting. Uh, well, thanks for joining us anyway, mate. Uh, can you kick off by just telling us who you are and your job title? Uh, yeah, we'll start with that first. Okay, takes a while. Um, so my full, job, my full job title is European Space Agency Business Applications Regional Ambassador Platform for Northwest England and North Wales. So that's the job title. And what it means is, so business application, so the European Space Agency is the European equivalent of NASA. Uh, so independent from the EU, so it predates the EU slightly. Um, and within that is business applications. And that is about helping businesses that aren't in the space sector to use space. So think about um, satellite positioning, um, and that's also, you can use that for timing and navigation. Um, satellite communications for ubiquitous, resilient connectivity. Satellite imagery, which we can go into a bit later on. So it's trying to help business, businesses that wouldn't normally be thinking of space and helping them integrate those techniques and those technologies into their products and services. And we do that um, essentially with funding. So my job is to find those businesses in the Northwest and to, and to help them understand space better and then help them in the process of applying for the, for the support and the funding from us. Yeah. So... Can you just talk a bit about broader the space sector, uh, but why you are based where you are and why you was appointed into the role and how as a region we perform? Okay, yeah. So, so when we talk about space, people tend to think about great big rockets and hundred billion dollar missions and you know, or, you know, facilities the size of a small country and all that. But in the UK, space is worth like sixteen billion pounds a year. It grows about three and a half percent. Sorry, five and a half percent, and that's not government spending. That's that's commercial economic turnover. 
So that mostly looks like what we call satellite applications, which is what I'm working in. So literally two thirds of the space sector is the use of this data. Think about Uber as an example. Um, and you might just think, well, that's, that's, I mean, that's a bit tenuous, isn't it? Not really. So every time you click your, the, the button on your Uber app, you interact with like a billion dollars worth of space technology. Mm. Um, and the government has now class, class, classifies space as critical national infrastructure. So that's up there along with, you know, the national grid and roads and the internet because, well, it touches every part of our lives. But in terms of the economic activity, the government's dedicated to growing the space sector by 2030. From currently, we've got about 5% of the global um, share of, of, the, of the global um, space industry. And the government wants it to be 10% by 2030. And conservative estimates put that at about 50 billion pounds to the UK economy. Um, some will put it a lot more than that. Now, the Northwest um, and North Wales, because I cover both, the Northwest has got a massive digital economy across Liverpool, Manchester, Lancashire, the Cheshire and Warrington. Um, I'm, I'm hosted by STFC at Darsbury um, near Witness, which is up the other side from Witness, which is one of the country's most powerful supercomputers is based there, technically in the Liverpool city region. In the Northwest up in Lancashire, you know, we build the F-35 stealth fighter. Um, just over the way in North Wales, we build the, wheel, the wings of the A380 super jumbo. In Cumbria, we build nuclear submarines. And despite all that, all that um, advanced manufacturing and crucially all that digital expertise, the Northwest generates less than half of 1% of the UK space economy, which is just a, like a national scandal as far as I'm concerned. And so the ESA Business Applications Ambassador, there used to be one nationally based down in Oxfordshire. Um, and because the programme was really successful, basically the UK government spent, it's, it's, UK, it's government spent, it's public money. And for every pound they invest through business applications, 14 pound goes back into the UK economy in terms of jobs and, and tax revenue and whatnot. So it's a good programme and they wanted to increase its effectiveness. So they introduced, they split that one ambassador role down to five regional ambassador roles. And we're now tasked with just working on our region. And because the Northwest and North Wales have been overlooked for so long, um, we're starting to, to really see a, 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 a change in how that's working, a real uptake in, in, in how businesses are crucially, first off, understanding how space technologies can be used for them. Yeah, and I think that's probably your biggest challenge, isn't it? Because it took me a while to get my head around it, <laughs> uh, when you're uh, trying to engage with us. So I'll put this into context. How we met, you've got another job. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Shall I tell them or shall you? <laughs> and you used to say, say that again, mate. Shall I tell them or do you want to? <laughs> well, then, you, yeah, you well, tell yeah. how we met. So we met through... Um, it was Roger Jonas, wasn't it, back in the day yeah, yeah. when he was at the when he, when he was doing junior events. So I knew Roger outside of that, and um, and I was and still am a jazz singer. So I sang at quite a lot of your events back in the day, you know, fifteen years ago, maybe more. 
Yeah. Um, and that's how, and I've got, and then I, I, I headlined in the Hilton every week, so I used to see you guys there quite a bit as well. Um, but then yeah. space was always on the side, and and now they pay me to do space, so yeah. Yeah, so that's probably the, my most bizarre introduction, to be honest, of my whole, whole time at <laughs> but I've been, but I've, been try, I was, I've been trying to bend your ears on space for like 10 <laughs> years, and you're like, that. just shut up and sing, Alan. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought you were really into rockets and spaceships and things. <laughs> you mentioned there, Al, uh, the funding. Do you just want to go into a bit more detail on the funding available to businesses? Yeah, so we do... Um, We've got all kinds of available, really. So you've got the kind of direct funding. I'm just going to bring it up on my computer here so I can tell you what's currently active um, on our website, which is business.isa.int. That's I-N-T. Um, so we fund, you know, um, demonstration projects and feasibility studies around themes. So some of the themes we've currently got available, some of the funds that are currently out there, are space systems for um, safety and security, We've got a COVID-19 response, um, space for rail. So space for rail can would be things like ensuring um, resilient and ubiquitous connectivity for Wi-Fi on board if you're using um, integrated systems, including satellite communications, for example. Uh, we've got ports of the future, um, green buildings, uh, decommissioning of energy assets, smart supply chains, connected rural communities. So these are all 100% funded, usually, um, up to about 200,000 euros and it's about helping like with ports of the future for example um, helping businesses develop services for ports that are going to be using space technologies such as positioning technology satellite communications or um, earth observation imagery but we also have and really where I come into it we also have something called the direct negotiation in which ESA will listen to to any idea Regardless of what cause they've put out, regardless of what they're looking for, they will consider any project to be funded at 50% of project cost um, in order to get this, the, the, the service, the product to market. Um, and my role there is, is to identify those companies and help them basically fill in the application, the initial stages of the application forms. Yeah. yeah we've been doing events probably about 12, 18 months now, isn't it? Um, yeah, so that was that was through our partners at the UK Space Agency, um, and and I, I, I think they they bit your hand off when you applied for that because because downtown's got is so well connected in the region because you could because you approached them and said look we'd like to do a series of events um, based around what matters into business in the in, in the in the region and so you know there was a construction one and there was a logistics one and. Um, and getting those businesses around the table. So the UK Space Agency were really interested in, in doing that because they're aware that, there is, um, that the Northwest is slightly behind in all this. Yeah. Um, and, and as I say, we're improving all the time. So uh, I'm really glad that you guys um, spotted that it, was, it wasn't just you, this, yeah, the guy thing and trying to bend your ear after a couple of whiskeys. <laughs> that it was, it was a really it was a huge business opportunity. You know, globally, this, this industry is worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, Bank of America and Goldman Sachs about three years ago said that by 2050, they're expecting the industry to be worth a trillion dollars. They've since changed that, um, and they reckon that it could be close to a trillion dollars by 2030. 
So it's accelerating all the time. And it is by and large, and I keep saying this, this is some of it is people building big rockets and spacecraft and satellites. But the vast majority of it are businesses, very much like those who are represented within downtown in business. And it's about how it's about them using that data to make their products and services better to reach new markets. Yeah, they've all been fascinating and I think our, our members have learned a huge amount uh, on how they can engage with you guys. Uh, obviously, the past week or so, uh, the world has massively changed uh, in how we, we work uh, for the time being. Um, is that something you think your sector can really get involved in moving forward in the future as well? Yeah, without, without question. So, I mean, this is what we're doing here in our little boxes here, this, <laughs> you know, this teleconference and stuff. This technology has been around for a while. Um, I mean, if something like this had happened in 2008, it'd be a very different story. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to do this. We, we would to an extent, but, um, you know, people wouldn't be able to download various party apps and chat with the mates and all that stuff. Um, so where we are now, this idea, and I think behavior has been nudged. And I think the longer this continues, um, and it may come in waves, you know, the, uh, the restrictions may be relaxed only to be reimposed in, in a couple of months to try and control the spread of the virus. But if the behavior is nudged the way I suspect it is, then people will choose to do this. I was the worst for it. I would, if I had a meeting in, in Cumbria or, or, in, or in Aberystwyth, I'd drive down to it because I always prefer a face-to-face meeting. And now we've kind of been forced to do this. I think more people will take that on board. And in terms of the space sector, uh, I've, I've said ubiquitous resilience connectivity a few times already. That's what satellite communications offers. And there's a revolution happening at the moment. So um, I, I, I'll go into a little bit of detail if that's all right. So, so in 2002, most of you will have heard of Elon Musk, uh, the guy behind Tesla and um, connected with PayPal and whatnot. His other company, which you may know, is called SpaceX, Space Exploration Corporation. And when that was founded in 2002, to get one kilogram into low Earth orbit, which is about 300 miles up, one kilogram cost $114,000 to do that in 2002. Today, SpaceX quotes $3,000 to do the same thing. And they, are, and, they and other partners like um, Jeff Bezos with his um, Blue Origin company are well on track to get that cost down to tens of dollars per kilogram to get into space. And the, that means that pe- more people can put up satellites, private companies can, and, and universities and schools and private individuals in some cases, certainly small to medium enterprises, can afford to build small, what we call CubeSats, which are literally, you know, the size of a loaf of bread. Um, and think how powerful the camera is on your phone, right? Well, scale that up so it goes on the end of a loaf of bread. That's a hell of a cat. That's a hell of an instrument you've got there. And so there's lots of these satellites being launched. Um, and that is where you start to get innovation. The more private companies that get involved in a market, they start to push against each other. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but what happens on earth happens in space. And so there's two major projects at the moment. One is another SpaceX one called Starlink. And the other one is called OneWeb, which is actually an SME based in London. And they are launching 
constellations of low Earth orbit communication satellites, which probably doesn't mean anything to anyone who's listening. But if you go out and you look at, on the sides of all the buildings, anyone who's got Sky TV, you'll notice that all the satellites are pointing in the same direction. And they don't move, they just point in the same direction. Because they're pointing at one satellite, which is 36,000 miles away. And the orbit that it's in means that as it goes around the Earth, as the Earth turns, it goes around and it stays over the same point. And so it just stays in the same fixed point in the sky. That's why when you watch someone on the news being interviewed like this, um, far away, you'll get a lag. You'll get just under a second lag because it takes time for the signal to go up and to come down. The low Earth orbit ones that they're building, like Starlink, for example, are 300 miles up. They're very complex. There'll be thousands of them. But Starlink has already demonstrated, it's got hundreds of satellites up there at the moment, that it can deliver ultra-high-speed broadband from space. That means no digging up roads, no putting in fiber optics anything like that now for you and i who live in a, in a, you know in or close to a city we have connectivity that's all right but most of the planet doesn't have yeah. that most of a, lot, a big large part of britain don't have it you know it's a snowdonia or you know the highlands or somewhere like that they're not no one's digging up the 100 miles of highlands to get a cable to two houses <laughs> but those two houses now can have high speed broadband i want to say high speed i mean a hundred times faster than I've currently got in my house. Real high-speed broadband. And that's, been, that's going to be available in the next few months in the United States and within a year or two globally to every single square inch of the planet. So if, if our behaviours have changed because of, our, because of this virus, then it's absolutely going to be underpinned by space technology. And what we're interested in at business applications is finding those innovative and interesting services that need that that infrastructure just before i do let you go mate uh do you want to highlight anything that you're doing at the minute with any companies or projects you've done in the past uh, that maybe people can relate to yeah yeah i mean i can't go into too much detail because you know there's a lot of commercial sensitivity um but there are companies so i know uh, obviously i'm very familiar with downtown and i know you have quite a lot of uh, of construction companies yeah. and so there's one in particular uh, i'm just going to get the information up so i know exactly what i'm talking about um oh, i've lost it basically this was this was using data from space to allow people to monitor assets like bridges so rather than have, if you're, you know, if you're a quantity surveyor, or if you were, if you were, the, if, if you were responsible for the upkeep of, you know, the Mersey Gateway Bridge, for example, let's say it's that, yeah. rather than have to send people out every six months and, uh, and to check subsidence and, and these kind of things, that data is generated every day. It's in some cases more than once a day by satellites in space through a mixture of things, but they have radar altimetry where the radar, you know, just sends a radar pulse back and you can see millimeter changes in topography by putting um, very accurate uh, GPS systems on it so you can see how it's moved. I will point out that at the moment, the GPS systems that, that everyone uses has about seven meter accuracy. Uh, as of next year, maybe the year after, that's gonna go down to about 20 centimeter accuracy. So suddenly the applications there are really interesting. 
Um, so that was one, that was a project. I think that was an Italian project, that bridge one, that we that, that, that ESA business applications supported. But, you know, we've helped, in, in this region, I've helped a, a company in Lancashire that does sports photography. They do, they photograph marathons and, and cycling events and all these kind of things. Um, what, what has that got to do with space? And the answer is that their profit margins are driven by how fast they can get those images online. And if you're out in the middle of Snowdonia for, you know, taking pictures of 5,000 people doing a half marathon, you ain't, you, you can't use the, the mobile phone signal ain't going to work. So what you do, and they were having to put it all on a hard drive, deliver it, plug it in and hope, for, and it was up a day later. And we're working with them to try and get them to be able to do that in practically real time. So that you off, you go, you do a run, and by the time you get by the time you get to the finish line, your friends and family have already bought photographs of you at the halfway mark, at the, you know all that stuff. Um, so there's there's a huge range there's a huge huge range of applications for this technology. Apparently, I, I was I was told recently that from the moment you wake up to the moment you get to your place of work, obviously not nowadays because everyone's locked in the house. <laughs> but before this, in, in that brief time of getting up and getting to work you interacted with about 25 individual satellites in space. And that data is being generated. So how do we use it? And that's commercially, that's what we're interested in finding out and supporting. It'd be interesting to see. And, you know, obviously the retail and hospitality sector are obviously uh, struggling at the minute. Um, so it'd be interesting how those sectors could potentially use, use space data as well. We've yeah we've seen um, we've seen some stuff already coming through around that you know geopositioning people trying um, local businesses banding together to build a platform by which they can push their offers. Let's say you're a local baker and and you've you, you know you've booked you've baked fifty loaves of bread and you have got ten left and you need to get rid of them and they're going to be twenty pence each. With these apps, you you know you you push it to whoever's near you. Being 10 metres from you, loaf of bread for 20p, oh, I'll get that. And you think, well, what the, because it's that position and technology, you've triangulated the, your position and the position of your potential customer using space technology and space assets. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. No, it is fascinating. And we could sit here all afternoon. Uh, we really could. Uh, but I'm going to let you go now, mate. Um, depending on how long this lockdown carries on, I might be dragging you back. Yeah. though. Get your tucks out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first one, then the other, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not mad. Thanks, right. man. Thank Thanks you. Bye now.